Blood and Barrels discuss cases that contain graphic content. And Mike has a potty mouth. So does Amy. Nah. Listener discretion is advised. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Blood and Barrels, where each week we go from place to place and we cover a case, and... Ooh, and you're a poet and you just don't know it. I know, and then we try alcohol from those locations, <laughs> or at least hopefully nearby, so... <laughs> we do our best, y'all. We do do our best. We do do. Do do. <laughs> We're dorks. <laughs> so what's going on, everyone? Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good week. I think this is a, we're doing this as a bonus, I think, so. I think it's going to be a bonus. If not, we're liars. Sorry. Yeah, so we put out episodes every Tuesday. Uh, we've been kind of slipping in some, like, Thursday, Friday episodes here and there. Just, you know, put and, out a few extras. And and I think this one is going to be a bonus. But like I said, if it's not, sorry, didn't mean to lie to you. And happy Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> if not, happy bonus day. Yeah, bonus day. <laughs> bonus day i like that <laughs> so yeah so like i said we go from place to place each week where are we headed this week oh we're going to new state new state again nice we're going to tn we're going to what <laughs> tn oh tennessee <laughs> wow way to mess with my mind there woman you're welcome i was like tn is not a state we're going to Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee, nice. Music Row, and all that shit. I'm down. I'm down. Our case happens before Music Row, but oh, so we're going like back in the day. Oh yeah, we're going back in the day. Like 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 back in the day, or like way back in the day. I mean, what's your definition? I don't know. I'm not that fucking old. So <laughs> then it's back. Like back in the day. We're going to 1840 and some shit. shit. Yeah, that's way, way, way back in the day. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right on. But this week we're featuring Bearded Iris Brewing in Nashville, and they wanted to be involved in this case, which is why we're going back in the day. So they helped pick the case? Yes. Cool. We love suggestions. We we definitely take suggestions. Um, if any of you ever have any suggestions, we do have an email address. It's info at bloodandbarrels.com. Additionally, you can uh, reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter is really kind of hit or miss. We don't really get on the Twitter so much. Really do it on Instagram really is the best place. Yeah. If Amy's you, always on the Instagram. Yeah. If you don't want to email, DM us on Instagram. Does it make us old as fuck that we call it the Instagram and not just I Instagram? I <laughs> did not call it the Instagram. You did. So maybe you're old as fuck, but... I, I'm be honest. I don't think I really figured out how Instagram worked until we started doing this podcast. Boo. And I'm not that old, but you know. But all you do is post pictures. 
yeah, like I got the concept. I was just like, I don't get it. What's the point? I was like, I can do that and make comments and do this, that, and the other thing on Facebook. So why just do Instagram? But well, you can do that on Instagram too, but you don't have to. I mean, I get that. I, I, I can not, see the appeal. Like, if you just don't want to like interact, I was about to say there, there's a lot of spam on Instagram. Legit, like, oh, I forgot to tell you, we won fifty thousand dollars yesterday. Oh snap, bitches! We are rich. <laughs> we are rich as. Oh well, I guess fifty thousand really doesn't go that far these days. We could fill up our gas tank a few times. Maybe go grocery shopping. A few but times. Uh, but we've won an iPhone at least. 37 times and yesterday we won fifty thousand dollars yeah i just ignore all the notifications that come through uh, right so on instagram there's a lot of fucking spam a lot of spam but there's not a lot of political bullshit Man, that's fair that's a that's a trade-off yeah it's a, it's a trade-off so you just have to ignore the people who are like we want to blah 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 blah, blah. so you want an iphone 13 claim it now iphone 37 and you're like, I didn't know they had an iPhone 37. <laughs> and you know what? They don't. But guess what? You just won like three of them. You're welcome. Special. So anyway, enough about all of that. Let's talk about Bearded Iris. Yeah, yeah. So we have three beers to try from Bearded Iris. This is the triple threat. They sent us three double IPAs. So we're going to be all up in the IPAs today. Ippa, Ippa. So we're going to start with another suggestion. Is that like you made a suggestion and no, it wasn't the, a good one and now you have to make another suggestion? No, that's just the name of the beer. Or are they trying to like get all up in my brain hole? and? I don't know. Go don't talk know to just- Ryan. <laughs> Go talk to Ryan at... Beer Diaries. I, I am curious about the name behind the beer, but uh, yeah. All I'm saying is we're starting with another suggestion because it's the first one we found on Untapped. Nice. It is a 7.8 ABV Imperial Double New England Ipa Dippa. The Ipa Dippa? I don't know. What? It it's says Ipa Dippa. <laughs> well, it <laughs> says it's an Ipa. Oh, it's a the Dippa is the double IPA. Oh. Uh, oh. It's like when we saw a Nippa. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there you go. So it says some beers overflow with possibilities. And this Dippa discover Nelson, Citra, and Motuka hops. I feel like you crushed it, but I have no <laughs> idea. Paired with an expressive yeast character that brings ripe fruit sweetness Together, presenting as notes of preserved lemon squeeze, fragrant summer peach skin, and an orange push pop, only to name a few. Ooh, orange push pop. That could be interesting. That being said, you ready to rock and roll on this? Yep, I'm ready. All right. One, two, three, crook. Oh, it definitely has that kind of citrusy hop thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which I would call IPA smell, but yeah. <laughs> IPA smell. <laughs> yes, we're gonna go with that. They smell a certain way. Cheers. Not all of them, but cheers. All cheers. Right. It's interestingly I, it, okay, let me back up. It's really good, but it's interesting. It's like harsh but smooth. 
yeah, at I the get, same time. Yeah, right? I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's very so it's a double IPA, so you know it's going to be a little bit more aggressively hopped than like a normal IPA. Um, you, I, I'm not surprised. This probably isn't. I'm going to just assume this probably isn't like at the top of your list. It's not, but I would still give it a solid four point two five. Yeah, no, it's it's actually really really good. I like it. Um, there's a lot of dry like hops on the back of my tongue right now. There's um, a lot going on with this it's, beer. It's a little aggressive, but I do like it. It's it's very good. It's aggressive but smooth, which is odd, and I feel like that would be a hard accomplishment. It's smooth on the. It's almost like it's it it goes down smooth, and then it kind of kicks you in the back of the tongue on the way back down. I mean, I like it, and. I unlocked Wheel of Styles level 13 and Haze for Days level 2. Tells you how much IPAs I drink, how many IPAs I drink. I'm only on level 2. Yeah, you're not a big IPA drinker, but... uh, This is is really... It's very good. I, um... It is good. I think it's... I'm imagining it's maybe one of those hops that gives it... Like, I can feel it on the back of my tongue. Like, it's just a little dry... It's a little bit more like, it's just different, but it's good. It is good. Well, we've talked about the IPAs that people who don't like IPAs could drink. Yeah, this isn't one of those. If you don't well, like the, IPAs, I would not jump That's what I was about to say. I think if you are like an avid IPA drinker and like that's your go-to. Oh, you, then yeah. You'll definitely like it. Yeah, I feel like this is a legit. Yeah, and what did we say the ABV is on this? Um... Eight point seven, seven point eight, seven point eight. Oh, seven point eight. Okay, so for being a double IPA, that is, I would say, kind of as aggressively hopped as it is. It strikes me as a little odd that it's that low, but yeah, I agree. I it's, thought it's, that was it's, high for it's, an it's really IPA. Good. No, well, I've had some like. So you can get some double IPAs in a little bit higher ABV. Oh, we're range. talking double IPA. But I mean, you can get you can get imperial stouts in the lows. So I mean, it's all about how it's done. So no, I I really like it. I, I it, like you said, it would not be my my go to choice, but I really it's very good. Yeah, and their can is trippy. I am digging their yeah. They've got a whole. It gives me sci fi feels. On all the cans. I was going to say LSD fills. That not that too. I know like, what that is. It's but. like if you dropped acid and then watched sci-fi movies. Absolutely. 100% agree. High fives. I'm yes. a high five, but I have never dropped acid. So I don't Fair really enough. know what I'm talking about. Just, just go with We're what just gonna I'm saying. We're just going to go with it. Yep. Okay. So that being said, we've got our beer. We know where we're going. Nashville. We ready to rock and roll? I am. Are we ready to go back? Back in time. I was going to say back to the future, but I was like, wait, no, that's wrong. Oh, I thought you were going to say back, back to Cali. <laughs> no, that was last case. Oh, back, back to. And it wasn't Cali. It was wherever the hell we were. But no, back to the. Back, in back time. to Tennessee oldness. No, that we should work. just. It was worth the totally, try. We should imagine that that never happened and we should move on. I tried. I tried. I I tried so hard for y'all. You you did. Apparently, you put a lot of effort into sucked. that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I still love you, hey, and I hope you still love me. We applaud your efforts. 
Shut up, Sinatra. <laughs> Sinatra? Where the hell did that come from? Because, uh, like, four cases ago, you sang the entire episode, Sinatra. Um, Yeah, none of those were Sinatra songs, but yes, I did. I, I was yeah, I feeling did. really good, and I did sing. I did not say that you were singing Sinatra songs. <laughs> okay. Are we ready to rock and roll? Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Don't y'all love it when he gets frustrated with me? Because I'm right. <laughs> it was so nice about it. Yeah, but I'm right. Okay. So today we are going to talk about the Aid Family Murders, also known as the Paradise Ridge Axe Murders. Oh, man. We should have named it that. Why did we call it the Aid Family Murders? Because it's really known as the Aid Family Murders. But the other one sounds so much cooler. I mean, true, but that's not what it's called 90% of the time. Still sounds cooler, but go ahead. Okay, fine. Then name it Paradise Ridge <laughs> Axe Murders. Whatever. I don't care. No, I'll stick with Aid Family Murders. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Aid family lived on Paradise Ridge in Tennessee, which is about 25 minutes from Nashville. So there you go. Jacob Aid was 60 and Pauline was 50. They had lived in their home for 20 years. And the area that they lived in is now known as Clarksville Pike, but I think at the time it was Paradise Ridge. So they had a little bit of a name change in there somewhere. Which is why it's known as the Aid Family Murders. Oh, I see. I, I stand corrected. Because apparently Paradise Ridge is no longer there. Kind of like a, what was, oh, what is it? It's frog, frog Knot. Oh, I love Frog Knot. Yeah. So here in Texas, we were just driving around our neighborhood. I say our neighborhood. We were like kind of, an hour and a half away from our neighborhood. Were we that far away? Yeah. I don't think it was that far. I think we drove for an hour and a half. I don't think we were actually an hour and a half away. 45 minutes at uh, least. Yeah, it's that's, that's fair. Not our neighborhood. Yeah, but we were we were cruising around. We were just out driving. We were bored and just driving and checking things out. And we were just taking. I was like, should I go left or should I go right? Should I go left or should I go right? And uh, we, we do that a lot, and it's super fun, y'all. We used to. We should do it again. It's been a while. We should, but it's so fun. Yeah, but we came across this like water tower, so we knew what town we were in, at least per Google Maps. But then we saw the water tower, and it said Frognot, Texas, and we're like, <sighs> "What the fuck?" So like, we had to like, we like stopped, <laughs> completely stopped driving, and like Googled this shit because like it had a frog on the water tower and everything. It's fucking awesome. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was pretty good. It's and like, then, but it's a ghost town. It is a ghost town. Yeah. So they had the well. So for those of you who don't know, and this is way fucking off topic, but basically there's a couple criteria you have to meet to create a town, but one of them is having a post office. So once you have a post office, you're kind of like established. But they didn't have a post office. Did they not have a? I, mm. No, all that they had was the water tower. No, no. When we saw them, no, right? Them. But right, but when, but back in the day, they Dude. were a real town. But yes, eventually they shut down. It wasn't <laughs> that anymore. And then I think another town basically engulfed it. And sucked it up, and it became part of another town. So, I don't know if y'all know this, 
or if it happens in other states, but in Texas, towns eat other towns. They do. They legitimately do. Texas towns are like, uh, they're like cannibals. They eat other towns. They really do. Like the fucking ghost town in the middle of Longview. Oh, yeah. Or not Longview, where your grandmother lives, close to, that's Longview, right? uh, Longview, Gilmer. Yeah. Yeah, that general area, yeah. Like, it's fucking weird. But yeah, there's this whole fucking water tower that says, Frognaut, Texas, but there's really not even a town there anymore. There's not. Well, there's not much, yeah. No, it's land and the Frognaut. Mm-hmm. So anyway, sorry, we just went way off on the biggest tangent I think we've ever gone off on. Probably not. Yeah, what I will say is y'all need to go check out the ghost towns in your area. Oh, for sure. We used to just, like, on a weekend, we'd list them out and go. It's so fun, and it's really cool, and you can see some really trippy things. The weirdest one was that one time we found that, like, they used to do, um, like, the only thing they really had was a little downtown and the big pallet factory. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, acres and acres of these abandoned, like, you know, when you go behind Lowe's and they have the pallets that they ship things on? Like, there was just acres of pallets stacked up, like, Still. like 12, 15, 20 feet high. And they're all rotting. It was weird. But anyway, we should get back to the case. So I don't know. The one I thought was the weirdest was the one that was a convenience store, and you could still see the toilet. Oh, yeah. That one was definitely weird. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to go back to Nashville with the aid family, but go check out your local uh, ghost towns, because they're trippy. Support your local ghost towns. Not financially, because they're not there, but <laughs> you should definitely go check them out. I was about to be like, how do you do that? (laughs) By going there and being the only person in that town or, you know, sometimes there are still like, like that one town with the pallets, there was still like 20 people that lived in that town, but it was considered abandoned and yeah. Well, and there's one like five miles from us. Yeah. There are, there's a lot more than you'd think. It's, there's a whole freaking website on it, y'all. Go check it out. It's pretty awesome. And... To segue back, it's possible that Paradise Ridge might be a ghost town now. Could be. <laughs> Maybe it was um, eaten by... Nashville. Nashville, yeah. Oh, no. No, no, no. We're wrong. It was eaten by Clarksville Pike. Oh, that's that's right. Because that's what it's yep, called now. Bringing it back. Now we're back on track. See? You're welcome. <laughs> so, Jacob... Aid was born in 1840 in Germany. So, like, his last name's probably, like, Aid. They sound so angry. So, for those of you who don't know what she's talking about, and here we go on on another (laughs) tangent. I work with a guy who is originally from Germany, and I was pronouncing his name one way, but then he pronounced it to me correctly, and now I know. And I was way fucking wrong. And apparently everybody, whether they're in Canada or the U.S. or wherever they are, we've all been pronouncing it incorrectly. So there is a different pronunciation. But yes, you're probably right. Just say aid really angrily and you... You're probably close. Yeah, you probably got it. You probably got him. And I will say, I don't think it's even an ang- angrily thing. I think it's a it's just a more heavily enunciated Thing. They sound fucking pissed off. 
Well, that's just because it's not your language. So whatever. Anyway. New Yorkers sound pissed off. They do sound pissed off, but I think they are pissed off. But anyway, continue. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, New York City errs. I don't know. <sighs> that was a lot of errs. There's a lot of errs, yeah. So I said Jacob was 60, Pauline was 50. They're living in the Nashville area. This couple was considered well-liked, and guess what? They were fucking rich. Like rich AF? For the 1800s, yeah. Nice. They seemed to have no enemies. But you want to talk about rich? Yeah, they had 410 acres of farmland. And they actually had a house that had five rooms, which in the 1800s. That's fancy. So, yeah, they were fancy as shit. Bougie. Before bougie was a thing. (laughs) But they're not bougie because Jacob was known to be very generous with his money. And he would lend friends and even others that he wasn't real close to in the neighborhood money if they needed it. Like, he wanted to help out. Oh, that's good for him. So, they were rich, but maybe not bougie. Fair enough. They had six children. Ouch. Yeah, just get that yawn out. I mean, I know that makes sense for the time, but yeah, six is a lot. Okay, so get this. Somebody's got to work that 410 acres. Five girls and one boy? Oh, I feel bad for that boy. (laughs) He's the only boy, and you know he's like got the mother load of the work. They're like, well, since these are girls, you got to get out there and milk and till and hoe and, you know. Dig. Feed the donkeys and the everything and donkeys. You picked donkeys over cows. Well, yeah, I did, and here's why. So a lot of times back in the day, you either had a horse or a donkey, and they would pull the plow. Oh, true. See, I know okay. what I'm talking Can't about. I know what that. I'm talking about. Well, guess what? Their children's names were Emma, Rosa, Anna, Henry, Lizzie, and Dora. So they're basically all named after people on the Disney Channel? Well, the uh, Emma, no. I bet there's an Emma on the Disney Channel. Okay, but the Disney Channel didn't exist back then. (laughs) So the Disney Channel stole all their kids? (laughs) Yeah. Stole stole from these these people, yeah. I mean, (laughs) they had Dora the Explorer as a child. I was just waiting for you to sing Backpack, Backpack. I did that back in the day. I'm not going to do that now. Yeah, but I was waiting for it, and you... I failed you, I'm sorry. ...crushed my hopes and dreams. Oh, no, I don't want to be that guy. And then I'm going to cry, because you didn't sing back, Oh, back, back, back. sad face. Backpack, backpack? Backpack, backpack. <laughs> Is that how you remember? That's the only part of that song <laughs> I know, yeah. I, in fact, when I used to sing it to the kids, that's all I ever fucking said, <laughs> was just backpack, backpack, yeah. That's all I fucking know. So our oldest daughter was legitimately obsessed with Dora the Explorer. Yeah. And then the second oldest, he loved... Matt. Yeah. Y'all know Matt. Oh, yeah. You know Matt. He edits our episodes. He liked little people. (laughs) But at least that had a legitimate singer. Yeah, but that's all I know of that song either. Aaron Aaron Neville did the little people. I know the name, yeah. 
Little people. Yeah, that's all I, sing I know. All I, don't I know. know any okay. The rest of it. So anyway, <laughs> to get us back on track, Emma, Rosa, and Anna were all adults, and they had already moved out of the house at this point. Dora was only ten. But she was not living with her parents. She was living with her sister, Rosa, and Rosa's husband in Nashville, like, 20 minutes away or whatever. Interesting. Did they say why out of curiosity? No, this case was really hard to find. It is old as fuck. Yeah. So I did my best, y'all. Henry's age, his specific age is not known. But it's known that he was older than Dora, so he's older than 10, right? But he was younger than Lizzie, and they say Lizzie was about 20. So Henry's anywhere between 10 and 20. Historians guess he's about 13. Sounds good to me. It's also known that a neighborhood girl, also named Rosa... And when we say neighborhood, we mean, you know, 400 acres away. (laughs) But her name was Rosa, and the aides had a daughter named Rosa, so let's make it even more confusing. Yeah. So this neighborhood girl named Rosa... 2.0. Well, she did have a last name, but here is what gets tricky. Her last name was either Moore, M-O-R-I-E-R... M-O-I-R-E-R, M-O-R-R-I-E-R, or M-O-R-R-E-R. So, Morier? I think it's Morier. Yeah, they don't know. What they do know is, shocking, her daddy was French. So, it was probably one of the first two, if we're going to go with French. So, she was a dirty Francois, just like you. Fuck your face. <laughs> If it didn't bother you, it wouldn't be so much fun. Says the man who thinks he's Irish. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would I would do the 23 and me, but I don't want to get entered into a database. <laughs> and you'll probably find out that you're a dirty Francois and I'm Irish. Uh, wouldn't that be a bitch? Oh, and I have to disclaimer this, and I had to do this in the beginning of another episode. Uh, I checked 23 and me, and according to their documentation, they do not put you in uh or they don't give your information to the government or any agencies unless they're required to but i don't know that for a fact that's just what it says and i don't want to get sued so there you have it so what we're gonna go with is that you're the dirty francois and i'm irish no we're not gonna go with that at all you probably have more french in you than i do nah i was fucking adopted True. And while I claim the Frenchness. Although I thought it was actually Belgian. Started started in Belgium, moved to France, moved to fucking Ellis Island, and came up with Des Enfants. Of the children. Which is on billboards in France. So take it how you want. But it doesn't matter. I don't have any of that blood. That was just... You're so serious. I was just giving you a hard time. I'm just telling you I'm more Irish than you are. You know I love... Well, you do have that red hair. Yeah, I'm more Irish than you, 
because you're more Scottish. Sorry, boo. We've seen yours. Anyway, back to the tables. back to the episode. You see how upset he is that he's not Irish, <laughs> y'all. Just admit it. Don't don't make that face at me. They can't see the face. <laughs> Just admit it. Anyway, okay, he's not going to admit it. It's I will a- admit nothing. <laughs> Shocking. So this neighborhood girl, Rosa M. We're just going to call her Rosa M. Because... You can't pronounce it. No, because there's five different versions of her last name. Fuck your face again. (laughs) There were rumors that her daddy was a Frenchman named Henry. Just like the brother of Dora? Correct. Man, that's getting real confusing. I told you it was confusing, but you didn't listen. I never said you were wrong. (laughs) Fuck your face a fifth time. Now you're just being hostile. (laughs) You're welcome. Continue. So this neighborhood, Rosa, was said to be about 10 years old, so about the same age as Dora. So my guess is, like, maybe she was friends with Dora. And this is just my speculation. But maybe she was friends with Dora, and Dora went to live with her sister and brother-in-law in Nashville, and... Rosa 2.0 stayed with the Aid family. But they were, Dora and Rosa 2.0 were about the same age. So we're going to do another beer from Bearded Iris. Another IPA. Do, doble IPA. Yes. Yes. This one is. Know it all. Know it all. Oh, this one's 8.2 ABV. Um, and there's a really big description on IPA, I mean, on Untapped that I'm not going to say, but they have cashmere and citra hops. Ooh, that sounds good. Candied lime, orange pulp, and peach tea. Oh, that sounds good. Okay, I'm looking forward to this one. This one sounds good. All right, you ready? I'm ready. One, two... 37. Oh, yeah. This one has a little bit smoother smell to it. I was going to say it smelled sweeter, but... Yep. Cheers. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I I really... really, Yeah. I really like that one a lot. That one... Yeah, the last one was a little aggressive. This one is... You're absolutely right. It's, It's not, like, overly sweet, but it has those... It's got enough sweet to balance the bitterness of the hops. Yeah, and I think you get the cashmere hops on the back end. It mm. is, that is a damn good beer. I love that beer. I'm giving it 4.75. I'd say, yeah, 4.75 or 5, either way, because it's a real, I actually love this beer. Okay, so Mike gives it a 5, but it's my untapped. True. It was uh, our untapped, but now it's hers. No, it's always been mine. I know. I'm just giving you shit. Um, and because I'm not a huge IPA fan, getting a 4.75 should be awesome. And I got middle of the road level 22. Nice. But so, yeah, I would give this one a, 
a solid five. That is a good beer. Well, and I would say if if you are an IPA drinker, like if that is your preferred beer, then I can totally see why this would be a five. It's oh, just yeah. not my preferred beer. Which well, is- I wouldn't say that I... So I prefer like a stout or a porter, but I do like an IPA m- uh, way more than you do. Yes. But that's a damn good beer. I like it's- that a lot. So go to Bearded Iris and try out the Know-It-All. Yeah, for sure. It's that's a really good one. fucking awesome. So on March 24th or 27th of 1897, depending on the source... A neighbor of the Aid family woke up in the middle of the night and noticed that something was on fire. She wasn't real sure, so she woke her husband up and asked him to go check it out. It's believed that this woman noticed the fire about 10 p.m., but it's 1897, so... I'm assuming it had to be a really big fire if they had 400 acres and her neighbor noticed it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they said about 10 p.m., but again, it's 1897. It's all conjecture and guessing and... Yeah, because people back then didn't know how to tell time, obviously. <laughs> Not what I meant. <laughs> Not what I meant at all. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, my great grandmother was born two years later and she fucking knew how to tell time. So, nice. you're a butt face. <laughs> so, I just want you to know that. I'm going to take a drink of this beer because you're such a butt face. <laughs> I apologize. So, Squire Simpson. His name is Squire? <laughs> yes, that's why I paused. I, I was waiting it. for you. You knew it was going to happen. Yeah. I love it. I love it. This was the husband of the woman who saw the fire. Squire, yeah. So Squire arrived at the aid farm and saw that it was on fire. But he assumed that the family had already escaped the fire. So the house is on fire. He's just assuming they're not in there. Yeah, and he's assuming that because he's assuming that this big of a fire, they would have woken up and they're already outside trying to put it out, right? So did he not go any closer? Uh, So he did, but he didn't. So he saw that the house was on fire, but he also saw that the AIDS meat house was on fire, and we're talking about 1897, so, like, that's a big fucking deal. Yeah, right. So he assumes that the family's out trying to put the fire in the house out, so he starts trying to save the meat from the meat house. I mean, I totally get it, but at the same time, he's like, they'll be fine, let's save the meat! (laughs) Just Yeah, no, that would be you. He's like, if they do burn, I'll just take this shit home with me, and I got some extra meat. No, he did not do that. That would be you. (laughs) You're the one that had the thought. At at the same time, he's trying to save their meat because that's how they fucking live. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I get it. And he's calling out for them and nobody's answering, right? I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you would think you would check on the people 
before the meat. <laughs> I Eight. get the importance of the meat. Don't get me wrong. 1897. I'm, I'm, I'm pro being an omnivore carnivore but 1897 people first meet second 1897 he thought they were out thought he should have checked i'm just saying while squire was doing this one of the walls of the house just like fucking fell down (laughs) that's the sound that was a good sound effect yeah I mean, it was a really big house for 1897, so I feel like it would be... Yeah. So when this wall fell, Squire noticed two piles of clothing in the room. And that's when he was like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe this is why the family's not answering me, right? So he takes a potato fork. You raised your eyebrow at me. I'm just listening. Do you know what a potato fork is? I'm assuming it's a fork for potatoes. It's got maybe, what, two prongs? I don't know. I'm assuming. I have no idea. It is a farm tool used to dig up potatoes. So it's like a long tool because a potato is... So you don't have to bend over and all that. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. So he takes it and he like starts poking at the clothes. And it became... Obvious to Squire that this is really crass. Sorry, y'all. There were not potatoes in the clothes. They were human bodies in the clothes. That's not crass. That's just fact. So with this potato fork, Squire was able to pull four bodies out of the fire. He pulled the bodies out with a potato fork? Squire, you are a savage. Like the whole body with he, a fork. He he saved the meat. I na- what the meat of the people? Oh, the no. meat from the <laughs> from the meat house. Okay, sorry. So he saved the meat for the meat house, and then with a potato. I've got to see a potato fork now. I have to look this up because I want to know how he saved the bodies with a fork. I don't know. That's, a potato fork must be epic. That's just what the articles say. I believe it. So Squire then, like, he gets the potato fork and pulls the four dead bodies out and immediately goes to get some other neighbors. I'm going to post a picture of a potato fork online for you guys. So, Boo, how do you know that if you Google a potato fork now, that it will be what a potato fork was in 1897? I don't. Okay, fair enough. Although I don't know that we have potato forks anymore. Maybe we do. I mean, my mom has a pea knife, but it's called something else. Oh, yo, a potato fork? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I found it. It's this thing. It's like a pitchfork. It's more like a pitchfork. It's not like, like, really, when you, when you first said it, I was like, oh, like a big fat ass fork. No. It's like a fucking pitchfork. Well, that's what they called it, was a potato fork. Yeah, or it's a pitchfork that has like the... It's almost like a claw instead of them being straight. So... So it's... But apparently they do still have them. But it makes sense that he would be able to pull out... And you can pick one up at Home Depot for $51.42. Go get you your potato fork. And hope you don't have to use it to pull dead bodies out of a burning house. True, true. That. But but looking at the pictures, it's not. 
No, it totally makes sense because yeah. if it's hooked like that, yeah, it would be easy to like grab them and kind of drag them out and not so. burn your fucking self while the house is yeah, still on so fire. Yeah, so that that makes sense. So once Squire pulled the four bodies out of the house, he went and got his neighbors, like I said. And so there were three men that waited at the aid farm for the police and actually talked to the police when the police got there. Initially, authorities believed that the fire was just a really tragic accident. But also when they arrived, there was a fifth person pulled from the fire that Squire didn't find. Oh, so they found an additional body. Okay. They found an additional body, and this was Rosa 2.0. Rosa 2.0. 3.0. We can't have that many Rosas. Whatever we confusing. called her, whatever we called her, she was the Rosa that was not a family member. She was neighbor a friend. Rosa. Yeah. She was neighbor Rosa. Friend neighbor Rosa. Yeah. And they were actually able to determine that this body was Rosa's because she still had her head attached. The other bodies did not. What? So, yeah, when Squire was potato forking the bodies out, there was no heads. So everybody in the house has been decapitated except for Rosa 2.0? Correct. Damn. You got it. Even though... Her head was still attached. Part of her skull was missing. Oh, God. So it became obvious to authorities that she had undergone some sort of brutal attack. So this is me speculating that the fire was probably a ruse to or not cover even a, up the mood. Yeah, murders. yeah. They're trying to cover up what happened and they're just assuming it'll burn everything up and blah, blah, blah. Exactly, and Rosa was also not nearly as burned as the rest of the victims. And once the police discovered this, they go doing some more research, and they determined that the family had been murdered prior to the fire, and that the fire was an attempt to hide the murders. I mean, I would hope so, because it'd be really weird if somebody's house was burning down, and somebody just rolled up in there and started chopping heads off. Like, ha-ha, your house is on fire. <laughs> Well, and if they did that, I feel like it'd be really easy to find them because they'd probably be fucking burned, too, because they're running into a burned house to chop heads off. Maybe. And they're fucking psycho. True. So, it's also been said, and I don't, because it's the 1800s, I don't know whether this is accurate or not, but it has also been said that part of Rosa, the neighbor's hand, was missing. So she's missing part of her skull. She's missing part of her hand. The police arrived to investigate the crime. Sheriff John D. Sharp and Alex Barthiel came to investigate, and they officially pronounced Joseph and Pauline, the husband and wife, dead, as well as Lizzie and Henry dead, and... Rosa, the neighborhood girl. Because the rest of their kids, remember, were grown in not living. Yeah, right. They were in, like, the Nashville area. Yeah, which was not far, but they weren't living at home anymore. Right. Even 10-year-old Dora wasn't living at home for whatever reason. Oh, that's right. She was living with her older sister. Yeah, Yeah, for some unknown reason, she wasn't living at home. So, upon investigation, the sheriff's office did come up with a theory... They believed that the killer had knocked on the aid family's door 
and that Jacob, the 60-year-old, answered the door. When he did, he was attacked with an axe. And they were able to determine that he was murdered about 8 p.m. How did they determine that in the 1800s? Timelines? Question mark? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I didn't know that they were able to establish timelines very well back then, but continue. Well, they couldn't establish a lot back then, which is why this case is still unsolved. Fair enough. But from whatever they had available at the time, they determined that he was murdered at about 8 p.m. They weren't sure if Pauline, his wife, had come to the door with Joseph or after he had been attacked. So she could have answered the door with him and they were both attacked or... He could have answered the door, been attacked, and then she came to find out what was going on and got attacked. But regardless, they were both attacked with an axe. And I'm assuming they're getting this because their bodies were within close proximity to the front door? Yeah. Okay. Um, once Pauline and Joseph were killed, the murderer went inside to continue killing the children. What they believed was that Rosa, the neighborhood girl, had initially escaped from the home. Some people say she escaped through a window. We don't really know. But that's the idea, is that she escaped through a window. And so the murderer killed the other people in the home, covered the farmhouse in coal oil, and set it on fire. It was believed that Rosa was then recaptured after he did all this and thrown back into the burning home, which is why she was so easily identified, which is why she wasn't missing her head. Like, she had escaped. Yeah. and Which, Inter I mean, it makes sense. That's interesting, yeah. Um, Sadly, the same night that all of this happened, Nashville, the Nashville area experienced... Really heavy um, thunderstorms, which washed away any evidence that police may have found. And let's be honest, in the 18, even the late 1800s, if a storm comes, all your evidence is fucking gone, right? Yeah, right. So they're trying their best to figure out what happened, but they have nothing because Mother Nature took it all out. Some people believe that because Rosa, the neighbor, was able to escape, that there was possibly two killers. But there's no evidence. There's no that, evidence. Right? Yeah. There's no evidence of anything. And the police initially thought that the motive for murder was theft. However, when they searched the aide's home, there was a can of money that was discovered still there, not taken so, like, when I say can of money, think about the money under the mattress in the 1800s. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about, yeah. So, when they when the police discovered the can of money that was still in the aide's home, they abandoned the theft theory. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, unless the individuals didn't find it, but again, I think, as well off as they were... If they were being, if their lives were being threatened, they probably would have just handed it over. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so there was another theory that their neighbor, somebody named Anderson, may have been responsible because he had actually been arrested previously for stealing their pigs. Bitch. You don't steal a man's pig. 
I mean, that's some fucking food. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like with horse theft and shit, you know. You just well, no, you no, no I was that. agreeing with you. Like, you don't steal people's food. Yeah, no, it's rude. Yeah, exactly. Go raise your own damn pig. True that. So the question became: If it was this Anderson guy, why wouldn't he have fed the family to the pigs? Because we've all heard. Yes. That one of the best way to dispose of bodies is to feed them to the pigs. I have heard that. And if you don't know what we're talking about, although I'm sure most of you do, apparently pigs can like chew through fucking anything. Bone, hair, teeth. They'll eat the whole fucking thing and they don't care what it is. So apparently you can just chop up a body and feed it to pigs and they'll eat the whole damn thing. Well, and even in the... 1800s, they knew this, and that's why they were not 100% sure that Anderson was responsible, because he would have known... He's a pig man. Yeah, he would have known, known, I could just feed them to the pigs. Why do I need to burn the house down? Like, it's way more work to burn the house down than to... True, the and had the, the house, yeah, and had the house not been burned down, it, they may not have been discovered for a few days. Right, and the police even went on to say that there wouldn't have been any evidence at the time. We're talking about eighteen ninety seven. If he had fed them to the pigs, there wouldn't have been any evidence for police to find. There wouldn't have been any evidence that he'd fed them to the pigs. But if they're hacking off heads in the house, yeah, there might have been some evidence of that. In the but house. in 1897, there's no DNA. There's no nothing. Well, so. assuming that he's going to actually like thoroughly clean the crime scene. In 1897, it didn't matter. They didn't have DNA at all. They didn't have blood typing. So you could have just left the blood everywhere. Yeah. So we know they're dead, but we don't know where they're at kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, sadly, the police did have one witness. What? They did? Well, yeah, there's a reason I said sadly. Oh. <laughs> Their one witness was the AIDS family German Shepherd. That's not a real witness. Okay, we've all watched Forensic Files. Right, and they the- could have it sniff out the motherfucker if, yeah, okay, I'm listening. But we're going back to 1897. Mm-hmm. So this poor German shepherd was outside when the fire started, and there were three problems with the fact that this was the only witness. Number one being that he was a dog, and it's before... uh, It's before the dog whisperer. Yeah, before all of that. (laughs) But on top of that, he was mostly deaf. Oh, no. And mostly blind. So he's like an old farm dog kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And so he did become the police's secret witness, but how was he helpful? And apparently he was helpful somehow, but it was never said how. Basically, the case says it's unknown how the dog was used, but they did use him. I mean, I will say, like, He's lost his sense of sight, mostly, it sounds like. He's, was it sound as well? Yeah. Yeah. Blind and deaf. Blind and deaf. But uh, a couple things. A, dogs already have a huge uh, advantage when it comes to the sense of smell, obviously. We all know that. Um, But 
you know, with anybody who loses a sense, they always say that your other senses are heightened. Yeah. So, I mean, this dog might have been able to sniff out the motherfucker who did it from, you know, a few miles away. I don't know. Well, they did say they did say he was not super helpful <laughs> in right, solving right. the crime, <laughs> but they tried to like that's all they had. So they tried to use him. You use what you got, yeah. I and they didn't have the science that Forensic Files has. Like, we've seen dogs on Forensic Files solve murders, and... Well, but even that's not an exact science. Nothing's an exact science, but this dog tried his best. Being old and deaf and Do blind. we know the dog's name? No, I wish we did. Because I want to give the dog a shout out. Well, give him a name. Just name him. Cujo. That's a terrible name. <laughs> Kidding. I don't know. <laughs> Sparky. There you go. Sparky did a good job. He did for, his best. He did his best. And that's a lot for 1897. True. So some African Americans did claim that they had killed the AIDS. And they were arrested. So, pause. I have to pause you right there. Okay. So, the, the AIDS had 400 acres. More, but yeah, less than 500. So, did they have, like, people working the land, or was it just a family farm? I don't know. Okay, so then I have to ask the next question, which is, and you may have this in your notes... Is this one of those they were coerced into it? Because why would they just randomly show up and be like, yeah, we did that? We'll get there. Okay. All right. I had to ask. We will get there, but I I didn't, and I could be totally wrong, but I did not. I mean, this is 1897, so Civil War's over, slavery's abolished. I did not, in any of the research I found, didn't find anything about that. All I found was this family was rich, but they were a super caring family. But these African-Americans who claimed to have killed them said that they murdered the family to rob them. But do you remember what the police found out? They said it wasn't robbery because everything was still there. They found the money and yeah. Right. So So it doesn't fit. So the police believed that whoever these men were, women were, were full of shit and just trying to probably get... That's interesting. That's kind of a weird, odd, out-of-place twist. It It is, but if you murder them, say you murdered them, don't say you murdered them for theft because there was no evidence of theft. Right. Well, and I'm kind of, I mean, I'm not to try to talk shit, but I'm surprised that they were like, oh... No, you didn't do it because we found no evidence of that. I mean, that's true because we still had some racial shit going on. There then. was still a ton of racial shit back then. Yeah, and you would it was think huge. the police would immediately latch onto that. Oh yeah, despite whether like, no, they even didn't. if the crime scene didn't show that, they'd be like, "Oh, you you did it? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna put it on you." So I'm kind of surprised. It's just weird. Well, for whatever reason. They didn't, and they let these men go. And I mentioned this man, Anderson, earlier, the pig thief. 
he was considered a suspect for a minute, but they couldn't find any evidence. And I actually couldn't find any information about whether he was tried or not. But regardless, he was never found 100% responsible, whether he was tried or not. Kind of sounds like they never really came up with anything. Well, they didn't. It's still unsolved to this day. Yeah. So another suspect was Rosa the Neighbor's father. Okay. Some believed that he had killed the family with an accomplice, but his reasons were unknown. Like, why Why would he try to kill his fucking daughter? Yeah, I mean, it's a great theory, but... Yeah, without motive, it doesn't make any sense and isn't going to stick, so. So, it was claimed, I mentioned this earlier, that she ran out of the house and escaped, right? And then she was thrown back in, but some people claimed that when she ran out of the house, she recognized her father, and so he was forced to kill her because she recognized him. He didn't want any witnesses or whatever. Okay, I mean, i that's probably the most sound theory I've heard so far. It is, but the people that were around in 1897 didn't believe this. They said that her father was so upset about her death, he couldn't be a legitimate suspect. He was like... He was torn up over it, yeah. Yeah. And he was also apparently trying to convince the police that this Anderson, the pig stealer, was the murderer. So he had focused in on... Well, and that can either be legitimate or that can be sus, too, right? Right. It can I mean, be him go either trying way. to... Yeah. Exactly. But again, it's 1897, and back then they probably didn't think that dads would kill their daughters. Oh, let's be honest. If In 1897, if you're willing to steal a pig, you're a sus for anything. I mean... You don't touch a man's pig? No, you don't. So, shortly after all of this, two men were arrested for the murders. But they were arrested because they were known as bad men. Wow. That is means absolutely nothing. It really doesn't. I mean, they could be arrested for being bad men for something else. But unless you have any anything tying them to it, it doesn't really make but any sense. But again, 1897, that's all they had. The tie was that they were bad men. Fair enough. Doesn't make it right. So, despite this arrest, the only evidence found against the men was that one of them was seen walking near the farm the night of the murders and couldn't give a reason as to why he was there. Okay, so it wasn't just that they were bad men. They were bad men who were in the area at the time of the murder, or at least, yeah. So, no, yeah, that that's a lot more than just being a bad man. Okay, well, one of them was a bad man. The other one who was considered a bad man was considered a bad man because he was a private detective. Oh, was that a bad thing back in the day? I'm guessing so. Hmm. So the two men were actually brought to trial, but they were acquitted of the murders. Shocking. Ooh, what if the one guy hired the private detective, the private detective walked him out there... Maybe the private detective left, 
But then that dude went and killed him because of whatever the private detective found out about that family or somebody mm. in that family. It's I all just, possible. I just I came could... up with the most sound theory ever for this entire case. I don't know. It could have been a fucking alien that burned the house down. I actually like that theory as well. See? I'm pro-aliens. You're welcome. So, there is only one uh, historical landmarker on the land of the Aid family murder, which is, I believe, the oldest unsolved murder, at least in Nashville, if not in Tennessee. But there is a marker to con- commemorate the Aid family, and it may be the grave of the family, like, where they buried them. I'm not 100% sure. But either way, it's on private property now, so if you want to go see it, you have to get permission uh, to go. Okay. These murders have been compared to the Villisca, Iowa axe murders. Oh, the Villisca axe murders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, apparently... How they died was very, very similar to those murders, which happened like 20 years later in 1912. Yeah, it was it was a long time ago, too. So, yeah, I didn't know the exact date, but yeah. So the Iowa Iowa ones were 1912. The Aid family was 1897. But let's be real honest. If we did have a serial killer, it's not that many years, right? He could have done this shit in 1897 and done the shit in 1912. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Now, there is nothing to link the two together, but they're very, very similar. Yeah. I mean, I don't honestly buy into the serial killer aspect of it, but it's an interesting theory for sure. Well, I don't think anybody has said that it was a serial serial killer. I said that. That was the... Lack of science, the lack of witness, and they were so alike that it could be a possibility. Neither one are solved. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. It definitely could be. And so these murders were very, very real, but there's so little information about the murders that the aid family murders have become a ghost story that is told by kids like when they're camping with the boy scouts or girl scouts oh really that's interesting yeah, yeah it, they don't they just they just don't they don't know and obviously they didn't save any of that evidence yeah yeah right and and it'll never be solved no it's never going to be solved no they don't have anything to solve it and there you go. That's very interesting. I, I it is interesting with like the the different suspects and kind of how they kind of come in. I mean, it could have just been a guy wandering through town, but uh, no, that, that was interesting. Well, I mean, I hate to throw this out there, but it could have been that Daddy Jacob was sick of having six kids and a neighborhood girl and lost his shit. I mean, I would love to see somebody chop their own head off. But I don't that's think true. that's happening. But the little girl, Dora 2.0, eh, she could have gone Rosa. around. Rosa, sorry, I keep mixing that up. Rosa 2.0 could have gone around, axed everybody else, whacked herself in the head and committed suicide. It's possible. I'm There's just saying. so many things that could have happened with this. And nobody knows, which is why it's compared. I think the Vasilla 
um, axe murders are more well-known. Yes, that's a huge case, yeah. But this happened prior, and it was very, very similar. And actually, when Bearded Iris asked us to do this case, I really thought, like, it had been solved. I really did. Yeah. And then I started researching it, and I was like, oh, shit. What am I going to say about it? (laughs) Because they just don't fucking know. And I would love to give y'all, like, apps and phone numbers and email addresses. Yes, if you were there in 1882, please call this number. But it's it's like all these people trying to solve Jack the Ripper. Oh, yeah. They're not going to solve it. You're not going to solve... This murder case, and it's fucking... You want to talk about twisty. It's fucking twisty. Like, why was the 10-year-old not living with her parents? Like, there's so many questions that I have. I actually don't think that's quite as big a deal. Like, it could be, like, maybe her older sister had just had a baby, and they sent her there to help out. Like, that... To me, me, that's not a weird thing at all. Like... To me, that actually makes sense. Or it could be that, you know, they had too many damn girls. And, I mean, I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm talking about the time. You had kids to help out around the farm. But if you've got a bunch of kids, and I don't know. You get what I'm saying. I do. I do. But I think that's the problem is that I think a lot of people want to know legitimately what happened with this. But we're not going to. No, I totally agree. But it is a very interesting case. And uh, thank you, wife, for yet again jumping in and filling in for me. Uh, I want to thank you all for joining us. Wait, we got one more. Oh, that's right. We got to try the Meteorite Double IPA. Yeah. Which says, look up, catch up. A glimpse of one rogue double IPA hurling through space only to burst on impact into clouds of apricot jam, strawberry candy, and funky tropicals. (laughs) Funky tropicals. I like that. I like that. That's what it says. With a soft mineral tone. And waft of sweet florals. I'm always down with the funky tropicals. So let's give it a try. Craggity crack crack crack. Craggity crack. Oh wow. Okay, yours sounded better, I, but you have to nose grease. But I exploded it everywhere. Ugh, I made a mess. Okay. Actually, it's not frothy, it just blew everywhere. Okay. That being said, cheers. Cheers. Well, that's real smooth. Yeah, I really, really like this one. The Meteorite is definitely... I'm going to have to go... I'm going to say it's my second favorite. It's very good. I definitely get that tropical in there. It is very very hoppy, but it's not like overly hopped. The first one was a little overly hopped, but this one is is very... It's very well balanced. I still think I'm going to have to go with the know-it-all. I mean, that's a 5.0 for me. But this one's really good. The Meteorite hey, is awesome. What would you give Meteorite? I, I would give it a 4.5, 4.75. Okay, we're going to go for 4.5 because that's where my finger took me. 4.5. 
And I unlocked a 2X badge. 2X badge? I don't know. When a single isn't enough, make it a double. That's what it says. Doubling no, I- the hops and malts in a recipe <laughs> results in a higher ABV and can pack quite a boozy punch. Yeah. So I have had 10 different double IPAs, basically. Oh, wow. You're way low on your. We got to get you more double IPAs, boo. I'm not a big IPA fan. Well, so you had had seven double IPAs until tonight. So we're, we're, we're catching you up. We're catching you up. I, we're working on you. I'm. Always up for an adventure. You are always up for an adventure. Unless it involves ropes and trees. And really sketchy platforms that you oh, can see through. And and being um, tied off to things that you're not supposed to be tied off to. That and motorcycles. No, the ATVs. Oh, are... ATVs. Uh-huh. I saw the hand motion, so I wasn't sure. Was the ATVs that are like not automatic but not standard in Mexico and they try to drive you off the cliff. Yeah, I'm like I'm not okay with that. Auto manual. It's but it wasn't a manual. I said auto manual. You said it's not a... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's an accurate manual. description. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a thing now. It's a thing. It's it's funny because you and your family think that I'm adventurous, and I feel like I am the least adventurous. I never said you're adventurous. I think I don't think... I actually do think you're adventurous. You're just adventurous in different ways and in different things. Like, you rocked kayaking, and that's why I bought you a kayak, so... I will sh- sh- swim. Swim. I will swim with the sharks. I just don't need to be hanging from a tree. It's not good for me. Fair enough. Well, that being said, I want to thank you again, Amy, for filling in for me. I do have some cases, hopefully, coming up soon. He has three. I do. I do. I'm wrapping up all this crazy project stuff, so I'll be doing some cases here pretty soon. So... But that being said, we love you guys. Thank you for joining us yet again, and we will catch you next time. We love you all. Laters. Thank you for joining us here at Blood and Barrels. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Blood and Barrels. You can also follow us on Twitter at Blood Barrels Pod. Follow us on all the things. You can also listen to Blood and Barrels on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or most anywhere where you enjoy your podcast. If you enjoy listening, please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe. For more information about the show, you can check us out at bloodandbarrels.com. If you want to help support the show... And become a part of the Blood and Barrels family. You can join us on Patreon and get access to additional content. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.